42 club goals, two goals at the World Cup, 14 assists. Does that get you in the FIFA Pro Team of the Year? Not Mohamed Salah. It's a Fancy Football Surgery podcast. Okay, welcome back everybody for the 104th edition of the Fancy Football Surgery coming to you on the 25th of September 2018. My intro there referencing the what I call a farce that Mohamed Salah was ignored from the FIFA Team of the Year in place of the likes of Eden Hazard despite all of his heroics from last year. It's outrageous, isn't it? Outrageous. It was really funny because they did that and then they came to the voting for the uh, Player of the Year and Salah was obviously out because if he's not in the first 11, he's not going to win the the main award. Um, there's a few other questionable decisions in that, that 11 as well, Iceman, but uh, I won't get into that. You know, that, that's something that's close to my heart. We've got FPL to talk about, haven't we? I'm sure Salah's name will come up at some point, but mm. welcoming back uh, the editor-in-chief, the Iceman. How are you, sir? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, very good. How are you? Yeah, bitter. Very bitter. <laughs> Sounds it, yeah. No, generally pretty good and happy with my happy-ish with my game week. So uh, happy to talk about that in a moment. We have got an awesome guest on. He's been with us many times in the past, and there's no doubt that most of you will know who this is. So we have got the general Mark McGettigan on with us again. Welcome back, general. Hi lads, how are you doing? Good to be back on. I'm sitting here with my fantasy football surgery beer mat. There's Excellent. no beer on it, but it, but it's beside me. If you were one of us, we, we would line that that mat with beer for you. Um, I understand you're watching United at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching. I watched the first half. Didn't watch the second half. As far as I know, it's penalty shooter at the moment. So, God knows what's happening. So it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit of anxiety uh, in the uh, general household at the moment. But we'll uh, we'll announce the results of that as time comes through. Although by the time you listen to this, the result would have happened. Um, general, obviously, you're you know it's a unique case and a, a situation that many would like to be in in terms of spending a lot of their week on FPL. What have you been up to since we've last spoken to you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just the end of last season when I was on yeah. last time. So, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of taken on the fancy football stuff full time this season, yeah. uh, living the dream, as some would say. So doing loads of stuff on Patreon, doing writing articles, traveling up and down to London to do the FPL show and things like that. So it's, it's all good and, and, and really enjoying the season so far. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, how, how are you faring at the moment in terms of your team? Uh, it was a very testing start to the season. I was about 1.1 million after four game weeks. So played my wild card then, game, going into game week five, and I've, I've risen now to about 309,000. So a, a healthy rise, but a long way to go. Yes, yeah, so, um, but knowing you, you're very much in it for the long haul, and we'll see you uh, creep up over the course of the season. That's the plan. And, yeah. that's been. The, has that been a theme for you over the years, or have you found yourself sort of starting high and staying there? Yeah, I've never, I've never really started very strongly. It's usually a, you know, slow and steady wins the race kind of thing with me. So to be around 300k after six game weeks, I'm, I'm pretty content with that. You know, there's what, 32 game weeks to go. So plenty of time to, to rise up. Plenty of time and using the knowledge that you've got, I've no doubt that's only going to get better. Um, General, just while you, you're mentioning Patreon there, I've got to uh, thank a couple of new patrons who are supporting the Fancy Football Surgery podcast now. So Jeremiah Johnson. And also Jonathan, he's down as Jonathan, but I've got the email, well, his uh, contacts on here is Jonathan Erez. So I hope I've got that right. So thank you both very much for supporting the podcast. Again, all of our patrons get access to Chance of Win prizes. And uh, we've also got a Slack channel running as well, which is building steam and momentum. So, but thank you very much for supporting the podcast. It goes a long way to us being able to improve and keep doing this. 
So um, I think you know, let, let's get into just how our teams got on this game week. Um, Iceman, if I if I come to you first, how did you fare? Yeah, I did pretty well this game week. Scored overall sixty seven. I held off doing the wild card, and then I looked at the the Mendy conundrum, and I deliberated over many players, and I actually went with Trippier in the end, even though I did say yeah. last pod I wasn't looking at any Spurs players, probably due to this um, rotation which they've got going with their fullbacks, but they've got three good fixtures now Huddersfield Cardiff and West Ham I just thought well let's just have a quick punt I've got my wild card in my pocket so I can always change things around and uh, I've got people coming off the bench as well so I've got a few players able to kind of cover that rotation and Trippier doesn't normally yeah. just come on for the one minute like Davis normally does so yeah he, he was a hopeful one the captain De Guerrero just because I thought that Man City were just going to score more goals against Cardiff, which they did. In the end, Salah got the two points more. So it was only a two points difference if you captain Salah over Aguero. So not much change there, but got a few goals. Gray and then Ramsey finally got a return for me. Two assists. Pretty lucky. And, uh, Wan Bissaka and Van Armholt are doubled up on the, uh, Palace defence. So yeah, not too bad. I'm up to 71k overall now. So yeah, good. Wambasaka must be one of the highest scoring four millioners ever at this rate. Yeah, he's doing, I mean, the last two games he scored nine points going double maximum bonus points. And that's just from tackles and interceptions. But I think if Crystal Palace don't get a clean sheet, I don't think he's going to get many. Well, that's just rained on that parade, hasn't it? <laughs> okay, uh, well, I, I only got a few less than you, Iceman. I got 59, still seven above the average. I had uh, Juan Bissaka, and I had a, a bit of a defensive masterclass with Alonso, Robertson, and Allison in goal. Generally, I was pretty happy with the balance in my team with Mitrovic. I just captained wrong, went with Hazard, and only got six points for that. Yeah, got that one, isn't it? It's a real shame. Um, okay, so Mark, how did you get on this game week? Uh, 58 points for me, just slightly above average. I was happy enough with that considering the circumstances because I had to do without David Silva, Mendy and Danny Ng. So I was down to the bare bones really. So I considered getting rid of Mendy going into game week six, but I, I held off because I really wanted two free transfers for game week seven. So I was kind of glad I did that because I think I would have brought in Luke Shaw for Mendy. So I'm kind of happy I didn't bother. I actually ended up one point better off for that because Bennett came off the bench with two. I think Luke Shaw only got one point. So looking forward to having two free transfers now before game week seven. One Bissaka, nine points. I got the captaincy right with Salah yeah, because I was close to going Hazard. Madison got Madison wildcard game week five. So he's got eight points back to back for me now. So pretty happy with him. Aguero, six points. Apart from that, not much else. Alonso clean sheet. Nice, a good spread of points there. And like you say, moving you up in the rankings as well in the striking distance. Let's see how the uh, the overall top 10 are looking in the Surgery Podcast Mini League. So in 10th place, we've got Helene Hagemark. Apologise if I've pronounced that wrong. <laughs> Their team is Humal Meltogar. Yeah, something like that. I, I've just absolutely crushed that, so apologies. But yeah, you're in 10th place, very strong performance. Uh, one point ahead, we've got Mark Muse and Field of Dreams, that's easier. Michael Taylor in 8th, trying to give up Fanta, difficult task. In 7th place, FC Smoth, James Smith. 6th place, Johnny Bronson, uh, Brosnan, sorry, me, myself and Ibe. 5th place, Sons of Amity, Antonio Kioffi, which by the way is the reason why my transfer Pereira didn't actually play this week because Amati played a right back, so feeling very bitter about that 5th place. <laughs> FBL was coming home. Lassell Diaz up to fourth. No Euros, no Sterling. Love that from Roger Morgan. 
Moaning Skirtle, Rahul Mystery in second, and still topping the pile with a 20-point gap, being Arnautovic, Andrew McKinnon. Well played again, sir. Yeah, he is 34th overall. Absolutely flying. Right, Iceman, should we do some uh, FPL headlines? Why not? So we'll talk about these throughout the podcast. Is it time... To board the Harry Kane Express, is Madison the real deal? Can Hollibas become the most booked player ever in a single Premier League season? And are the Gunners set to fire? Interesting ones there, Iceman. Yeah, kind of covered in most of the questions that we're having today. We're going to do a little bit of a different format today. Instead of going through the fixtures, we're going to go off the Twitter questions because we got loads of them because General's just such a popular man. And uh, yeah, it's going to cover most, most things just via Twitter this week. Sounds good. So, should we dig into some cues? Mm. Yes, why not? Right. So, but uh, first, nice man. Oh. But first, <laughs> I've got one question for you. Oh god! And I think you know where this is going, right? Because the Slack channel has spoken again. <laughs> And what they would like to know is, what is the national dish of Iceman? And don't say your fiance. <laughs> um, well, Peter, a vitamin A. Uh, that's quite good for you. It maintains and repairs skin tissue. So it keeps your skin healthy and allows better hair growth for your beard. We find vitamin A present in things like beef, milk, cheese, butter, egg yolks. So the national dish of Iceland is the smoky buffalo burger, including smoked cheese and egg, smoky barbecue sauce with roast carrots and cardamom butter. Delicious and helps your beard grow. Wow, that was that was much more spontaneous and excellent than I thought it would be. That's, uh, uh, um, and it would also explain why you piss so much, given the amount of protein you're you're consuming. So uh, lots learned there. More of those questions next week. Iceman, let's get into FPL. Give us the first question. Yeah, so, I mean, we did have lots. Kind of uh, collected them all together. We had ones based on Spurs and Kane. We had one here from Leo Hacken. Has put, do you think getting off Salah for Kane for two weeks has a case? So I'm going to start with that one. I'm going to go direct to FPL General for this one. And your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's Kane. Kane's on my mind this week. I just have an itch to bring him in. Now, I don't know if I'll, I'll follow through with that later in the week, but with two free transfers in hand, I could do something like Salah to Richarlison and Callum Wilson to Harry Kane. It's Kane's fixtures are very attractive. Uh, I think he's got Huddersfield and Cardiff, then West Ham. So now could be the time to get on Harry Kane, but I just still feel the 12.4 million or whatever he costs, he's just not justifying it at the moment. And having held on to Salah this long, I think it would probably be crazy for me to get rid of him because I know I want to get him back in down the line. So in theory, it's great saying, yeah, I'll do, I'll get rid of Salah and get Kane for, for a couple of weeks, but it involves a lot of transfers and it's, it's never straightforward to get him back in because you'll have other issues elsewhere in your team that you want to address. So the smart play, I think for me would probably just hold on to Salah now and, and go without Harry Kane, but, but it is tempting. So your main reason for holding on to Salah, you're saying there just because you've held on to him for so long, surely that's a bit of like past bias going in there where yeah, you're kind of being stubborn on your decision before or is it because you reckon Salah's just going to score more points over these next three? Yeah, it's it's not just because, you know, it, it's not really just being stubborn, I guess. Watching the, I watched the highlights from the, the Liverpool game at the weekend and Salah was unlucky again not to, to get a bigger hole. Yeah. And we had a one-on-one chance early, early on where he probably should have put it away. He was a bit hesitant. The, a goal ruled out for offside so you know he, he is there he is getting the chances and I think he's due a, a big hole soon P- people are maybe put off by his fixtures coming up but 
I, I think Salah can deliver against Chelsea and Man City. I'm, I'm, I'm not overly confident in either defence there. So I think I think Salah will pick up points over the next few weeks. So I am, as I say, I'm quite happy to hold on to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there, to be honest. I mean, like, with this Chelsea team, he's playing on the right side, and that'll be against Alonso. And Alonso's not renowned for being the greatest defender, and I do think that he's gonna take advantage of that. So I can see goals there. I can see goals against Man City. They're playing at home. There seems to be a lot of goals in those games whenever they play them. And then after that, you're just looking at the fixture and you're thinking, well, you're gonna need him, really. And then if you do move him out, unless you have a wild card like I have, and you're planning on just doing it for this next couple which again I don't think it's a good idea because I do think he's going to score but if you're just planning on doing it just for these couple it's going to be difficult to bring him back in unless you've got a wild card because after that you've got Huddersfield, Cardiff Arsenal and then Fulham, Watford Everton, Burnley. Stream of great fixtures there so You've got kind of trust that he is going to do well in these games and then deliver after. So I think that it's a, it's a hold on Salah. Bully, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you, Iceman. I think his, um, the fixtures coming up are absolutely prime. He's shown he's a big game player as well. So just because he's got those two next, I think he's more than capable of doing something decent. Like you say, Alonso, not the most defensive of full-backs. City like to, to push their wing-backs on. We don't know what's going on with Mendy. And I fancy him man-for-man man against the likes of Delft if that's what City end up playing. So I, I wouldn't twist from him at the moment. Uh, it'd be really difficult to get him back in at that price. And there's no one, unless you already have your Hazard, there's no one who's obviously, unless you, you like Mane, which is the option I've gone for, um, there's no one to obviously sub him out for. Yeah, it's going from a few questions regarding Spurs as well. Looking at just the Kane option, if you do have the kind of funds to, to bring in the likes of Kane for maybe, or Bamiyang or someone like that, do you reckon that that's a good move? Or even Aguero, whose minutes seem to be limited at the moment. He didn't play in tonight's Carabao Cup game, so you assume he's going to play against Brighton. and He's going to be the main captain option, so you don't really want to do it for this week. But that game week eight, it's going to be tricky for captains that week. Um, Chelsea do have Southampton, but Man City have Liverpool. And Spurs have Cardiff at home, so I'm assuming that Kane's probably going to be quite a high captain option there. Uh, do you think that if you can find the way to get Kane another way, you would do that? Yeah, I think you mentioned Aubameyang there. I, I watched I watched the Arsenal game back today from the weekend as well, and you know you're paying. I think he's dropped in price now. He's probably around ten point eight or something. But he's he's playing out in the left side with Lacazette through the middle. It's a lot of money to pay for, play for, uh, pay for a striker who's you know not playing as a striker. So yeah. if I was in a position where I've had Aubameyang, you know, for the last couple of weeks. It's it's probably easier to get to Kane that way, and that is something I would consider. I, I wouldn't move from Aguero to Kane, though. Definitely not before Brighton at home, especially now that Aguero got a rest tonight. Uh, he's nailed on for my for my captaincy game week seven. Okay, well on that on Aguero, if if you you can see a way of moving Aguero out for the Liverpool game and then bringing in Kane for that game week eight, would you try and worm that in? Say like you've got the likes of Mane or something, you can drop down, bring a few extra funds in to make that switch to Aguero to Kane for the next week, like planning it. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's kind of hokey cokey you're talking about there with the strikers, you know, get, moving Aguero out for Kane maybe for a week or two and then moving Aguero back in. But something I don't tend to do because I just kind of see that as two transfers. I wouldn't say wasted, but two transfers maybe that I could use elsewhere to improve my squad. I, I don't like, I'm not, I've never really been a fan of the hokey cokey when it comes to the big strikers. Um, Aguero's someone, if I get rid of him, you know, I'm going to want to get him back more than likely. So 
I think kind of long term with those kind of moves and just hold on to Aguero in that case. Yeah, and I think you do have to look at these Spurs fixtures and I kind of think it, they, they've got two good fixtures. They are pretty plum back to back, Huddersfield and Cardiff, but West Ham are improving. They were good against Chelsea at home. Then after that, they've got Man City. Wolves seem to be doing well at the moment. Palace still solid, Chelsea and Arsenal. So you'd have to hold these Spurs, Spurs players throughout that if, uh, just say you haven't got a wild card. But doing the hokey cokey, like you said, I would never advise that. Okay. Moving on to kind of more questions regarding Spurs. What are your thoughts on which players you would go for in terms of rotation risk over these next three? Trippier. Seems to be the best, but is a big rotation risk. The Tongan more nailed. Uh, FPLL Classico asking that question. Yeah, when it comes to Spurs, I suppose the reason I was kind of leaning towards Kane is because the midfield's a bit of a minefield now with, with the likes of Lamela, Son, Lucas Mora. Ali's back now, you've got Ericsson. There's just a lot of competition for places there. So looking towards defence then, uh, Trippier obviously is a very attractive option. You know, he takes set pieces, takes free kicks and stuff like that. But rotation always just puts me off him because we will see Aurier getting game time. Um, I think Spurs have Barcelona in between the Huddersfield and Cardiff game. So yeah. we, we, with a player like Trippier, yes, he's very attractive. He could get big holes when he plays, but I just like my players to be nailed on and that's enough for me to sway away from him. And the other thing about Spurs as well, I think they've only got one clean sheet this season. So you're kind of dependent on Trippier to get attacking returns. I kind of want both. You know, I want clean sheets and the possibility of attacking returns when I'm picking my defenders, especially if they're premium defenders. Yeah, same. I mean, I have got Trippier. It is kind of a short-term option for me because I do look at wildcarding, but I am actually looking at moving him out after these three fixtures. But I'm not guaranteed that he's going to play every single one. Like we've mentioned before, Spurs fullbacks are just so rotation risk. Pete, you got anything more to say on uh, on Spurs or anything to add on that one? Yeah, just the only thing I was going to, in purely answering the question around Spurs nails, you're looking mostly at Patong and he's played every minute so far. But I just think there's cheaper players that offer more of an attacking threat than him. So with Tottenham, I, yeah, Trippy is lovely, but like like uh, General saying that Aria, I think he's going to get game time. So if you want to have a Spurs defender, I think Patongan's your safest bet. But I think you can invest that money elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. True. I did have some people in our Slack. I think Hortz is actually thinking of a, a David Silva to uh, Ali move. I just think that moves like that when they're not currently hitting form, just doing it based on fixtures, they're just too risky for me to go for. Yeah, it's, I, see, I actually see now on Twitter, Hortz was talking about uh, Ali. It's like you say, when I'm bringing in a player, I kind of want to see a bit of form as well as good fixtures, you know. So, and, and I, with Ali in particular, he's a player I've never been really a big fan of in, in FPL. I don't really particularly like him as a person either. But um, <laughs> again, I've always been an Ericsson over Ali FPL manager, but obviously Ericsson stung me early part of the season this year. But yeah, again, like I mentioned, the Spurs, there's just, it's, it's a, it is a bit of a minefield. You know, I would expect Ali to, to play most weeks, but again, there is a, Poch does have a lot of options now in midfield where he can maybe do a bit of rotation around Champions League. We can see why people are going because of these plum fixtures. I mean, with, with Kane, you can see it in the last game. He seems to have perked up a little bit more. He even said he's a little bit happier now, but that was when Lucas Moura went off. He did get five shots in the box in the end. Four on target and you would think he should play 90 minutes so if you are bringing him in you do have the opportunity to to bring him in and it's easy i would probably do it but not if it's to ruin your whole team 
Okay, going to move on to the next question regarding Mendy replacements. So we had a load of these. Prishan, uh, Mr. Fish, and just Gabriel. Loads of people messaging us on this. Just Mendy replacements and which ones to go for, especially with having the likes of Wambasaka and Bennett with good fixtures at the moment. What are your thoughts on, on Mendy and whether to actually ship him out, General? Yeah, so I, I held on to Mendy last week and I'm, 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 I haven't made any moves yet this week. I'm going to be waiting till Friday, waiting till if we get any updates on Mendy. It's, it's a pretty annoying situation we're in with him that everything's pretty quiet. Nobody seems to know what the, the right story is with him, but hope we might hear something. If we don't, I probably will be tempted to, to move him on this weekend. When it comes to replacements then, I've already got Alonso, the Chiefies, Wan-Bissaka and Bennett alongside Holabas, yeah. the, the yellow card king. So just looking at my watch list, a couple of possible placements. The Robertson, we, we all know what he's about. Tough fixtures, that's the only thing that might put me off him. Uh, Trippier, who you've got yourself, I guess, if you've got willing to, to embrace the rotation and you've got a, a bench that can, can come in, a bench player that can come in if Trippier does get rotated, I, I wouldn't rely. Shaw was the player I was going to get last week if I moved Mendy on. I just don't have much faith in United defence at the moment and highlights of the United game at the weekend. Shaw, it didn't look like he had a very good game at the weekend. Um, he's been superb this season so far, but there's always the chance that Ashley Young comes back in. We know how ruthless Mourinho can be. The standout replacement, I think, is is going all the way down to 4.4 million Wolves. I've been I've been so impressed with him this season, and I was kind of kind of regretted not getting him on my wild card who, game week who, four. So who was that, Doherty? Yeah, Matt Doherty at 4.4 million. Yeah. He's he's a, he's a beast going forward, and and Wolves have been very impressive defensively. So. I think if I was replacing men, I'd drop all the way down to, to Doherty to save a few pounds. Yeah, fair. Billy, what are your thoughts on the, on the Mendy conundrum? Yeah, well, I mean, we've ruled lots of the more obvious ones. If you wanted a cheaper way into the Man City defence, Lapore's played, again, every game this yeah, season. and Yeah, so, so he um, seems to be fitting in quite nicely. Um, th- this might sound like a bit of bias, but genuinely, having seen the go on... In the last few games, um, I was looking at Monreal at the weekend, uh, 5.5 million. They've got Watford, Fulham, Leicester, then Palace. So for the next four, I'd actually quite fancy Arsenal defence starting to click and come together. And Monreal does have a habit of getting forward as well. So he might be another a differential option, only owned by 2.1% at the moment. Yeah, see, I, I mean, I was all over looking at Arsenal's defence last week and actually bringing in the likes of Bellerin. At Bellerin's only 5.4, isn't it? Yeah, he? exactly. But Arsenal's defence is just still not quite clicking and we are conceding quite easy chances occasionally. I just wouldn't have complete faith in bringing them in. It would be one of these pump ones which you just kind of hope every game. Uh, at least with uh, Monreal, he's kind of our only left back at the moment, so you know he's going to start every game. And uh, he does get forward. And he does get forward, yeah. He does get on the end of things occasionally into the box and gets a load of shots. But I, I wouldn't go there myself, but I can see if uh, someone's willing to take a little punt here and there, Arsenal with the fixtures, just they just look so terrible at the back for me. Um, the other options which I was kind of looking at is, uh, is the Leicester defence. With Chilwell and Pereira. I know Pereira played the game before and he was kind of accountable for goals scored. Yeah, when they lost to Bournemouth in game week five. But 
I think that uh, Chilwell might be uh, the one to go for. I think he's at five mil at the moment. Uh, him going forward, he, as we mentioned before, he gets lo- loads of crosses into the box. He does create chances. And I can see some attacking returns from them. But what, what are your thoughts on that, General? Yeah, another one I'm going to throw in. Um, first of all, I don't have much faith in Leicester defence watching them this season. I have, I did consider the likes of uh, Pereira and Chilwell last week when I was looking at possible Mendy replacements, but just looking at the stats and things like that and, and the eye test really, I just don't have much faith in them defensively. So I'll, I'll throw in another player who has scored in the cup tonight. Who, who he's, he was very popular at the start of the season and, and he's got, there's not many people talking about him now. PVA, um, oh, Palace, Palace are a very good team defensively uh, when, when Tompkins and Sacco play together. So I think they've got back-to-back clean sheets. And as far as I know, the last time I checked, 80 minutes into the cup game tonight, they were holding on to a clean sheet as well. So I know it's maybe it's not ideal to double up PVA and Wan-Bissaka, but I don't think we should rule out PVA just because we own Wan-Bissaka because we know what he can do going forward. And I think Palace have OK fixtures over the coming weeks as well. Yeah, it's kind of out the out the dark sh- uh, shout that one. I mean, like, I do have PVA and I do have Wambasaka as well, and I have started them the last two games. Luckily, I've got uh, two clean sheets running, and uh, I have had the uh, conundrum this week: who to start out of Van Aanholt and Wambasaka. I am starting Van Aanholt at the moment, and I am I have got Wambasaka on the bench, but I can I can see Bournemouth scoring this week. I know that they they did keep clean sheet tonight, and uh, PVA has scored, so that is hopeful for me, but. I don't know. There's, there's just something about Palace and knowing that how much they've conceded, but that was without Tompkins. So yeah, I suppose that is, is quite a good point. Actually, may, may come good the next few games. Okay, cool. So we will move on to the next question now. So, um, FPL Doctor has got another question for us. He's saying, uh, going forward, which premium forward would you recommend apart from Aguero? I've got spare cash after selling Salah. So he's a Salah seller. So, thoughts on uh, the best premium forward? Obviously, Lukaku played tonight in the game which Man United have now lost on penalties. Sorry, General. Uh, he played the full 90. Does that make him uh, less of an option and maybe someone else more of an option? What are your thoughts on the premium forwards at the moment, General? Yeah, thanks for the update on the, the game. Another, You're welcome. A wonderful result under Jose Mourinho. So, cheer me right up. The premium strikers, Man United in general, I'm not really interested in, in any of their assets at, at, in, at any part of the pitch, you know, defensively or in attack. Lukaku is just, just too expensive, I think, at the moment, uh, playing the way, the way you need to play. They don't score an awful lot of goals. So I'm not really interested in him. Back to the question, I think the best premium striker alongside Aguero, depending on how much cash that he has, uh, Harry Kane, we mentioned for the next couple of weeks. Um, another, another two strikers that I like, who are, you know, closer to the premium bracket, Lacazette at Arsenal and Jamie Vardy at Leicester. I think Vardy's only got 4% ownership. So a goal and assist in game week six. Leicester have as good a fixture run as anyone right up to Christmas. So Vardy could be a very nice differential. Yeah, I, I really like Vardy. I've checked out his stats as well. Seven penalty areas, such as seven attempts in the last game, three on target, two big chances and two chances created. He got the goal and assist. And Leicester seems to be back onto their counter-attacking style again. 
scored the two goals, one for Nacho and one from Vardy, just counter-attacking, and Madison seems to be pulling the strings in there. He does look really good in the middle of that Leicester attack. He's always involved, he seems to be involved in everything they do, Madison. So, veering off of the, of the question, but I do think that he is a good shot. We'll, we'll come on to him shortly soon as well. But yeah, Vardy, uh, I, I really like that shout. It does seem to be Lacazette, who's the one to go for out of this Arsenal team. We, we did have a, uh, we did have another question regarding Arsenal as a whole. K run at Skulls 11 saying anyone to consider from Arsenal? Laka and Orba might be a tad too expensive, but what about Ramsey? So, I mean, I, I, kind of, I don't think that Laka is too expensive. 9.4. I, th- I reckon he's worth a punt. Bully, what do you want to elaborate on Lacazette? Yeah, just just watching him at the weekend, he's established a place in Arsenal's team. Arsenal, blimey, Emery's team. Freudian split there. <laughs> um, he, yeah, didn't play in the Europa League. And um, there's, I think there's a vote of confidence for Emery now that he is the number nine. He looked pretty sharp. Um, I just hope that he gets like consistent 90 minutes, which Wenger didn't give him um, last season. Just, yeah, just the way he links with Aubameyang, runs off the board. So I think he looks really good. And that run of fixtures really plays in his favour at the moment. And, of course, with the form of Ozil to find him as well. Yeah, no, I, I think it's good. General, anything further to say on him? Yeah, I'm just gonna th- I'm gonna throw in one more striker before we move on from that question. Um, he's saying he has you know extra cash to spend on strikers because he sold Salah, but just because you have the cash doesn't mean you need to spend it. Uh, a player who is performing like a premium striker is Mitrovic, Mitrovic, seven million now. A player I'm looking to get in this week. I think he's got five in six, and he just looks he just looks superb. Looking at the stats as well, I think. Aguero's had 31 goal attempts this season, and Mitrovic is second on 28, so he's right up there. He's only priced 7 million, so I wouldn't look any further than him, to be honest. Yeah, I think that he's just as good a shout as all these players at the moment. I, I did take a look at his stats. I have actually brought him in early, uh, Mitrovic for Gray. Yeah, second for goal attempts, 28. First for shots on target with 12. First for goals with 5. And first for headed goal attempts with 12. So he's absolutely rinsing it at the moment. And since his debut for Fulham in February 2018, he scored the most league goals across the top four tiers in English football than any other player. So it just shows he is literally on fire. Billy, do you, you've got Mitrovic at the moment, have you? Did you bring I have, yeah, lovely. I watched the um, I watched the Fulham game at the weekend, and just one goal does not tell the story of his performance. Everything goes through him. They've got the uh, the wingers in Vieto and and, and Scherler. Just everything is so direct. He hit the crossbar. He had a number of headers. He reminds me of kind of a, a poor man's Diego Costa, really. Just bullies the centre half. Great battle between him and Cabasele, which really he came out on top of in the end. So I think there's no signs of him slowing down. And he's the sort of player you'd fancy, a bit like that Vardy season for Leicester against anybody at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and also Fulham played in the Carabao Cup to, tonight and he didn't get a sniff, so he's had his rest as well. So He's, he's cleaned up his act as well. He, I think he's only got one yellow card this season. He he looks yeah. like an absolute nut job, but he seems to have calmed himself down a wee bit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. He's against this Everton team who played a lot better against Arsenal. In fact, I think they probably should have beaten Arsenal the weekend, but their defence still can be ropey at times and they I don't know if they've got Coleman back, still got Kenny at right back. Not sure if he's affecting that uh, chemistry in the back line there as well. So I can see some goals here uh, this weekend. So yeah, he could be a captain option this week, bitch bitch. Okay, moving back to the questions. Okay, so I'm going to go to one here which is uh, involves kind of cross-play 
uh, where your players like Liverpool players and Chelsea players are both playing against each other and how to how to work that so yeah we've got one here from uh, at Ozan McHugh has uh, put advice on how to counter weeks where you have players from several teams who play against each other in a game week e.g. Chelsea versus Liverpool Bournemouth versus Palace this week general what are your thoughts on this one with this I, I do have a cross player I have King uh, playing against Van Arnholt and I do have Salah playing against Alonso but each of them I'm kind of looking at attacking returns for my defence if I did have other options I don't think I would play the, the Chelsea ones because I do think that Liverpool are going to score against Chelsea so what, what are your thoughts on this one yeah it's I'm 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 in the same position. I've got a lot of crossplay this week as well. So I've got Danny Ings up against my goalkeeper Patricio. I've got I've currently got Callum Wilson who would be up against Juan Bissaka, and then I've got Alonso up against Salah. So a lot of crossplay. So more than likely I'm going to lose Wilson this week. So that's one issue that I won't have to worry. With Danny Ings, for example, I've got Patricio in goal. And I've got Bennett as well, but I don't really want to double up on the Wolves' defence because I kind of fancy Danny Ings to score at the weekend. So that's one example. When it comes to the premium players, I tend to kind of take each player on their own merit. So even though Alonso is up against Salah, I, you know, I fancy Alonso to get attacking returns even if he doesn't get a clean sheet. So I'm happy to play all my premium players in the Liverpool-Chelsea fixture. I know a lot of people have more than I have. Like a lot of people have maybe Trent or Robertson as well, so you might have like four or five Chelsea, Liverpool. You've got a lot of coverage in the game, but when when I pay pay premium for players, I don't like benching them. The likes of Robertson and Alonso, even though they may not get clean sheets, there's a very high chance that they'll they'll be involved involved in the attacking play. So you kind of be hoping for a high scoring game that your defenders are involved, you know, picking up assists here yeah. and there. So yeah. that's the way I, I usually go with it. I've never I've never had any luck when I bench premium players. One example last year, I remember a lot of people benched David de Gea. In one of the bigger fixtures, I think he got 10 or 11 points. So it's something I don't like doing. When I pay the premium, I tend to play them every week. But, I mean, that, do you have the, the price of a player affect you playing them or not? For example, Van Aanholt hasn't got anything for the last four games, attacking-wise. Seems to have got something in the Carabao Cup. I was quite tempted to play Wan-Bissaka over Van Aanholt this week, due to just he's gone really, really quiet. But now he scored tonight, and uh, I kind of did a coin flip on it. Uh, Van Aanholt has won, and I'm playing him instead. Do, do you find that you would just play a player... Just for the fact that he's worth 5.5 and then one player's worth 4 mil. That's a good example you have there owning one of the two of those guys. And it's a, it's a horrible situation really for you to be in having to choose one or the other because you know what's going to happen. You're going to pick the wrong one. But I think with Juan Bissaka, he started the season at 4 million, but realistically he's playing more like a, a 5 million defender. So I don't really tend to think about value too much, especially when it's not, you know, I know I mentioned before that I tend to play my premium players, but I think that's different when they're in the bigger sites because you're expecting more from them. But with someone like Wan Bissaka and Van Aanholt, in your case, the way I'd be looking at that this week is I'd probably probably be playing PVA because I think he's a bigger goal threat. Um, it's not necessarily because he's you know he's worth more because realistically this season he's not worth more than than, P, uh, than Wan Bissaka going on points so far this season. So I, I tend to just forget about the prices. Um, and go on the eye test and which one I think is going to get the most points. Yeah, as, as I mentioned, I don't think Crystal Palace are going to keep a clean sheet. So uh, this is why I'm kind of starting PVA because I feel like the attacking returns, just as you mentioned. Billy, what are your thoughts on this in terms of crossplay? 
So we have actually lost Bully for now, but I'm going to move it on to another question. So we've got one here from Hall Drudd. Just put Madison or Richarlson. Which one would you go for? And Mr. Fish has actually put the same thing, Madison or Richarlson. And uh, we did have a Slack answer on this. FPL Hawks kind of answered this in our Slack channel, saying, personally, I'm with the Richarlson camp, but I don't think you can go wrong with either. So both is the real answer if you can do it. General, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I, I'm getting that question a lot this week as well on, on Twitter and things like that, uh, Madison or Richarlison. So personally, on my wildcard going into game week five, I brought in Madison uh, because Richarlison was suspended for one more game. I didn't really want Richarlison for the Arsenal fixture. So now Madison's got me back-to-back returns. It's pretty hard for me to move off him. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to keep Madison. Uh, I'm pretty loyal to the players who've delivered for me. So I think... How Hotz uh, was right that maybe both is the way to go. Um, now that David Silva, there's slight doubts over his game time. Now that he's played in the cup tonight as well, uh, I'm, I'm tempted maybe to move Silva on this week for Richarlison, which would give me both Richarlison and Madison. Now, for those people who are in the situation where they have to choose one this week, I think I'd probably go for Richarlison. I just think long term over the course of the season, I think Richarlison will will score better. I think Richard can get can get fifteen goals this season. He was unlucky against Arsenal. He had a lot of chances. Yeah. There was a couple of occasions when the likes of, of Calvert Lewin didn't square the ball for him and things like that. So I think we're going to see Richardson back in the goals uh, again soon. Yeah, see, I watched the Arsenal Everton game as well, and uh, Richardson probably looked the best player on the pitch behind Czech, who actually f- played really well. Uh, four attempts with uh, he only had the two touches in the box, but yeah, looked really good, looked really back at it, and you can tell they've kind of missed him. But with the Madison thing, I was kind of against him in a roundabout way. Looks a great player. I just kind of thought, let's wait for him to score more. But he, he does keep scoring these drib drab of points now. And he scored a great free kick. And as mentioned before, he's involved in everything they do. Going forward, their fixtures, they seem to just have the best fixtures for until like game week 18. Uh, but as you mentioned, Richardson, he may be kind of playing up front as well uh, as he plays. So I, I would go for the Richardson option as well if it's a choice between the two. But if uh, if you can, I, w- I would definitely get both. Bully, have you returned? I am. I'm back. <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on the... We're just talking about the uh, Madison and Richardson options. Which one would you go for if you could choose either one? It's a great conundrum, isn't it? I mean... Um... Yeah, having watched Richarlison against Arsenal, he yeah he was okay. I mean, he came very very close with one of his classic kind of cut across the box, curling towards the far post. That's going to be kind of a trademark of his. Madison really is the main man, isn't he, for for Leicester? Yeah. I think that the advantage that Madison has is that he has a scoring Vardy ahead of him, which means he's more likely to pick up an assist, uh, and he does play as that second striker. So I'm I'm actually a little bit more pro Madison at the moment. Yeah, see, we, me and General have both gone with Charleston, but yeah. we, we can't exactly fault you on your opinion on going for Madison. In fact, uh, at some point, I'm sure I'll be swayed if he carries on scoring points. It's just that I suppose Richardson has got some tough fixtures coming up soon, and Madison hasn't, so you would want... Yeah, Newcastle and Everton next, who are both, you know, um, have been great at the back this season. Then after the Arsenal game, they run, run against West Ham, Cardiff, Burnley, Brighton, Watford and Fulham. So that, you know, potentially as a player to have him week in, week out or rotate, you've got a nice little run there. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, we're going to move it on to the next question now. So we've got a couple of quick ones here. I'm just going to get your short opinions on on this one. So 
Bayou Haddy has put uh, which one to sell first. So he's looking at selling someone, probably to bring in the likes of Madison or Richardson, Mkhitaryan or Pedro. Which one would you sell first, General? Got to be Mkhitaryan. I mean, he's he's not in the team. I know Pedro has a, has an injury at the moment, but it was interesting that Sari said last week that they that they miss Pedro. He said like uh, Pedro is is the best player we have without the ball. So I think I think he's a fan of of Pedro, and I think we'll see him back in the team soon as well. Mkhitaryan, it's just Lacazette seems to be the man uh, Emery prefers, so Mkhitaryan's the one to miss out. So I think he has to go. Yeah, I think he's uh, slightly injured at the moment as well, Mkhitaryan. Am I wrong on that one? Yeah, I think you're right there, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, but uh, are you going for Mkhitaryan as well, yeah? Yeah, I think that Aubameyang and Lacazette are the nailed ones. And you've got uh, a combination of Ramsey, Ozil, uh, Mkhitaryan, Iwobi, all in rotation there. So I think, like um, like General says, Pedro does seem to be a favourite of Sari. He does play quite well into his system. They do. I do think they miss him, actually, against uh, West Ham at the weekend. He would have been a nice option on the other side to Hazard to unlock them. So... Yeah, I'd, I'd say Pedro is, is more likely to get game time at the moment. Yeah. Bring it back to uh, kind of thoughts on, on Ramsey, now that you mention him. I do have him, but I, I've kind of only got him because I haven't wildcarded yet. I don't think he would stay if I, I wildcarded, but I'm kind of glad I have got him because we have got some easy-ish fixtures. He is one of these players who could just grab a few goals from anywhere. and He, he does seem to go missing throughout games, and I wouldn't necessarily say bring him in, but I wouldn't take him out if you've got him. What, what are your thoughts on that, Billy? I'm going to go to you as an Arsenal man. Yeah, I mean, obviously the second assist for uh, Aubameyang was offside at the weekend, but the point is he's making the... He played in the number 10 role. Emery seems to like him there, uh, more so than Ozil. And again, I come back to, does he have scoring strikers in front of him? And he does. He does have Lacazette and Aubameyang finding their feet. So I, I think he's a great option at 7.4. He wouldn't be someone I'd be looking to take out. I'd be seriously considering him as a rotation in option this week. And those fixtures, we know how Arsenal can bully lesser size, no disrespect to the likes of Watson and Fulham. But I, I fancy a little run of form here, and I think he could be at the centre of it. And let's not forget the start of the season. Emery said he wants to build his midfield around Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, true. General, any, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I've added, I've added Ramsey to my watch list this week. I think he's a player. If you've got him, you keep him. But if I was looking for a midfielder, I just I do prefer the likes of Richarlison, Madison, and even Ryan Fraser as well. I still think I'd go for him rather than than Ramsey at the moment. I'd like to see a bit more from Ramsey before I go there. Yeah, Fraser still doing really well. Four attempts and uh, four chances created in the last game. I know they didn't score uh, any, but I do think that they can still be quite attacking Bournemouth. So yeah, there are options in in midfield. It's just I suppose it's a matter of preference who who you want to go for. There's even the likes of of Knockart who scored against Spurs. He got three attempts and three chances has created I thought he matched that Spurs defence he didn't look scared he he was in and about could have scored a few more even after he scored he could have scored another one so he could be I, another option I love that shout ice man he's only owned by 0.8% of FPL managers 5.5 is dirt cheap and he's having a really consistent season so far there's only been two of his six games he hasn't returned something in doesn't really pick up on the bonus but that was a lovely goal at the weekend and yeah, just a bit of a bit of a diamond in the rough, I'd say, at Brighton. Definitely as a differential, it'd be a good shout. Yeah, last year he had some mental health issues that I heard, and uh, he managed to overcome them. And it, there was an interview, I think, after the game. I haven't seen it all. I've just seen snippets of it, which he was kind of expressing what what went on. I know your pod, General, the 59th minute, you reference mental health and a podcast which is, can help men with this last week. What, what was the name of that podcast again? 
Yeah, uh, the podcast is called Man Talk. Yeah, so yeah, um, I highly recommend it. I think there's around ten episodes. It's it's really really good. Yeah, and I mean, like, Knockout seems to have overcome his problems he had last season. So this is just so he seems to be on it now. And Brighton, they do have some good fixtures coming up as well. So, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, Knockout. He's on he's on my watch list as well. Yeah, it was good to see him speaking openly about mental health. Again, that's what I'm kind of trying to do on my Twitter account as well over the last couple of weeks, just to raise awareness about men's mental health and get more men talking. And the more high-profile people doing that, the better uh, for for the area. So, yeah, Knockart, I think he had a, a really good season uh, in the championship when Brighton got promoted. And we kind of expected big things from him last season. And it didn't happen. Probably a lot of it was to do with what was going on in his personal life. But he's, he, he really caught my eye against, against Spurs, got his goal, could have scored another two. So again, I think I was just reading there. Uh, Damari Gray seems to have picked up a, a pretty serious injury tonight in the cup. Uh, anyone who's got Damari Gray, a move to to Knockart could be could be an option. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've just about to mention that before you said that because it just popped up on my phone. But yeah, Damari Gray to to Knockart seems to be maybe the the best route if you can't quite afford Frazier or you know it's a it's a good choice between the two. Before I move on, so FPL Sexy also just referenced saying give props for uh, General for talking about and promoting men's health because uh, you do have a lot of followers and you are doing it for a good reason. And yeah, props to you for that. Nice one, General. Okay, gonna gonna move it on now. So we've got we're nearing kind of the end of the questions now. So I'm gonna roll through a few quick ones for you. So try and keep talk to a minimum of thirty seconds on this one, gen- uh, boys. So we've got one here from Roger. So he's going Richardson or Lucas Mora, Mane or Sterling. So what are your choices there, Bully? Uh yeah, I'd say I still go Lucas Mora and Mane. Oh, yeah, interesting. General? I'll go for the I'll go for the opposite. I'll go for Richarlison and Sterling. Sterling. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah, two against one. Yeah. Really, really helpful answer to his question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we got another one here from uh, Tafig El Sharif. So he's put, "Hi guys, who to start?" So he's got uh, Tompkins or Robertson, and also Mane or Wilson. So general, uh, I think I think I have to start Mane, um, Mane and Robertson. I think I'll go for there. Yeah, fair. I think I would as well, Billy. Yeah, I'm going to agree on this occasion, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and another one here from The Girl Folder has put City Mid. I've made a mistake in getting David Silver. Trade or hold? Well, he did play 63 minutes tonight in the Carabao Cup, which is really worrying owners. Uh, do you, do you have him, General? Yeah, I got, I got David Silver in on the wild card. So I got his, his points haul. Game week, game week five, I think it was. Or maybe it was game week six. But yeah, it is worrying now that he played tonight. Um, there's whispers that he can't play three games in a week. So, uh, City have got Champions League, and then they've got, I think they've got Liverpool. So it is, it is worrying. The, the 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 big worry is they've got so many options and they're all performing. So we've seen Gundogan, Bernardo Silva, Mares all delivering at the weekend. So. I mean, City are, City are so good that they can leave Silva out. I mean, we've seen it against Cardiff 5-0 without him, so they can afford to rest a player like him. So it is worrying. Yeah, I see, I'm, I'm on the edge. I've already made my transfer. Um, uh, so I suppose patience is a, is a key with this one, but, uh, Mitrovic was rising. So I just kind of wanted that, uh, that rise as well. I also didn't think that David Silva was going to play tonight. Turns out he did. He did come off at 63, so I'm actually holding. Bully, what were your thoughts on this one? I actually think you're better off with the, um, this might answer the question fully, but the other silver, I think, is more likely to get Premier League game time. 
and returns at the moment, Bernardo? Yeah, he may well do. I didn't rate him at the start of the season, but I've, I've come around on him. He's, I think he's a real go-to for Pep, particularly in the Premier League. And I think the point about the Champions League, I imagine they will put Silva on ice ready for that because he's going to be their KDB in Europe until the Belgium's back. The best the best option of all might be to just avoid Man City midfield just to take away the pain and frustration that Pep causes. The yeah. uncertainty. Yeah, Pep was also praising uh, Bernardo as well, so... He, he could be a, a good option again, Bernardo Silva. But but yeah, I am a bit worried about that one. But I am holding. But I can see why you'd be removing. Um, okay, I think it's time for the Iceman's piss break. So I'm going to pop off and go for a little tinkle. Lovely. See you in a schmo. Okay, welcome back, Iceman. So let's move on to our transfers and captains feature. Let's go with the guest first of all. General, who's your skipper and who are you bringing in? Captaincy's a pretty easy one. Aguero home to Brighton. Got a rest in the cup tonight, so not going to overthink that one. Transfer-wise, I'm not sure yet. I've got two free transfers. At this point in time, if I had to make them tonight, I'd probably be looking at maybe Richarlison and Mitrovic in for possibly Wilson and David Silva, but going to wait until Friday press conferences, see if we get any updates on Mendy. If Mendy's ruled out again, I might move him on. I may not use the two free transfers. I might just do one and maybe roll another one. So pretty undecided. Yeah, the, the thing is about Mendy is that I think you do have to consider selling him because I don't think Pep even knows where he's at because he firstly told us it was his knee that had a problem, then it was his ankle, and now we find out it's his metatarsal bone. So I, I would be a bit worried either, either way on Mendy. I've already got rid of him. I got rid of him last week for, for Trippier. So, yeah, I would advise uh, removing him on that one. Okay. So, Iceman, your your moves? Oh yeah, so my moves, I've already made mine just to catch that 0.1 uh, price rise. So I moved out Gray for Mitrovic because Mitrovic just seems to be the best striker to have at the moment. And my captain is, uh, let's, let's talk about it briefly, general. So obviously a lot of people are going to be going Aguero and you can see why, but, uh, will he get rotated for the Champions League? Maybe he's not going to complete another 90 minutes. He hasn't done the last two games. So there is a, a hint of doubt on that. Uh, obviously, we've got Chelsea versus Liverpool, so that takes Salah and Hazard out the, the equation. Kane is uh, at Huddersfield away, so yeah, he could be a good pump for for a captaincy. And uh, Lukaku does have a good record against West Ham, but he has played 90 minutes tonight. So uh, those are my my kind of thoughts on on captaincy. But I, I am on Guerrero, and my vice captain is actually going to go on Aaron Ramsey this week. Differential, I man. Well, I'm going to go for, um, again, I'm not overthinking it. I'm going to go with Aguero. My transfer, I'm looking to take out Perea from Watford. Um, and I'm looking at that, that kind of price bracket of Ramsey, Bernardo, Silva. So I'm kind of split on those two at the moment. Nice. No comments. Lovely. Okay. Um, that means that's safe. So in that case, let's move on to the feedback box. Yeah, What's so- the best? 
So we had uh, we had quite a few, but we did have one here from uh, Tom Horner. It's just saying, great listen, guys. Uh, Warnock the Penguin made me laugh. Not heard that one before. So he did like the reference of Neil Warnock there being called the Penguin. Yeah, lovely stuff from him. Right then, well, that brings us on to everyone's favourite part of the podcast, which is Sexy Thoughts. Okay, yeah, here is Sexy Thoughts on FPL Sexy. FPL Sexy, Sexy Thoughts. You know it's sexy in the FPL community this week? The awareness surrounding mental health, specifically men's mental health. We have the General talking about it on his podcast. We have at the Paul Aiken talking about it. Uh, I've talked to a few people and sent back a few DMs back and forth in the Twitter sphere. It's a great thing to support each other. Uh, it really inspires me. There's some great people out there in the community. So if anyone is doing it tough, uh, just contact anyone and have a chat. I'm sure a lot of people out there would be willing to help. Yeah, there really is some great people out there and uh, is well respected around the community. Yeah, great yeah. stuff from uh, great stuff from Sexy there. Yeah, as, as FPL Sexy said, you know, if, if you're suffering, reach out to someone, family, friend, GP, or sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger, so my DMs are always open, just send me a message. Um, and I'm hoping to do a, a fundraiser over the coming weeks as well oh, nice. uh, for CAM. So keep an eye on my Twitter account for more information on that. So initial idea is, is to set up a mini league uh, and everyone who enters it donates to, to the charity. So I'm just finalizing that at the moment. Oh, that's really good. Respect for that, mate. Yeah, great effort. Great effort, General. Yeah, I think just, you know, as, an, as the FPL community, I've had a more positive, you know, I've had a great time being a part of the FPL community and there's, there's so many good people in it. I just see this as an opportunity that we can all, you know, get together and something positive it's interesting isn't it because uh, there's more and more sort of players in the game now coming out and talking about mental health yeah Danny Rose of course last year Aaron Lennon um, Andre Gomez at uh, Everton he suffered with depression as well um, obviously we spoke about knockout earlier so, so you know more people are being open about this and that's just so important because you know we, we all have mental health it's just on that sliding scale where sometimes we move into a a worse state of which, um, but that's where it's important to talk about it. So, Greg, you're creating more of a voice for it and doing something about it. Yeah, cheers, Billy. Yeah, I just see it as an opportunity to, to use my reach to, to raise some awareness. So, uh, hopefully, people are rolling behind me over the weeks, coming weeks and months with with retweets yeah. and, and support in the fundraising campaign as well. Fantastic stuff. Well, I think that's a nice note to uh, end the pod on Iceman, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Well, it's been great having the, the General back on. So, General, just in terms of our, our listeners, first of all, thank you for, for coming back on. Yeah, it's always it's always a pleasure, lads. Always enjoy podding with you. Let me give you a second then. Just, I mean, not not that you need it with a huge following <laughs> you've got, but how if for the, the handful of people who listen to this who may not have heard of you before, how can they get in contact with you? And what are the main things that you're doing you'd like to draw people's attention to? Yeah, best best place to find me is on Twitter at FPL General. You'll get me on on Instagram as well. I post my team most weeks there as well. I I, uh, I have my own weekly podcast which I release on Tuesdays called the Fifty Ninth Minute. So check that one out as well. It's it's usually around twenty five minutes to thirty minutes, so it's it's easy to digest. I don't like to ramble on too long when it's just me uh, talking into the microphone by myself. So yeah, check that out. Hit me up on Twitter. Send me a send me a message DM, and I'll get back to you. Fantastic. Yeah, great to have you on again. Bags of knowledge, and I'm sure you'll uh, make even more uh, fans out of this one. Iceman? Yeah, thanks for coming on, uh, General. It's been great having you on. I was was, was, telling you to be polite to him there, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, Right, so in terms of getting in contact with us, uh, for all things fantasy football surgery, you can go to fantasyfootballsurgery.com. 
uh, and join our mini league at 225-369. In terms of places you can find us generally, Facebook, SoundCloud and Reddit, if you just look for Fantasy Football Surgery. Most of our chat goes on Twitter at FF underscore Surgery. Um, you can also support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash fantasy football surgery. Um, certainly helps us keep the pod going and also um, creates an environment where we can provide prizes and the such uh, to our loyal followers. So thank you so much for that. You can also email us ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. It's been another really, really good podcast. I want to thank General for coming on. Iceman, I always ask you at this point for any words of, of wisdom. There's, and never, I feel, never any, there's never any. There's never any. Yeah, never, never wisdom, but uh, we'll get something out of you one day. From all of us here at the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast, goodbye and good luck in your game weeks. Up the pod. Up. Up.